Welcome to the Blackout Podcast, where I get to talk to amazing people who do amazing things. I'm here in Healthy Minds Cooperative Boardroom with Brad Rowe. Thanks for welcoming me today. Thank you for having me. Okay, so Brad, how did you come to work at the Health Minds? Now, honestly, I lucked into it. Um, I, I, I live with some mental health challenges. I hit a period where I crashed and ended up when I was looking at trying to get back into life. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I discovered this place that, that works with people in the mental health community. And one of the amazing things, and I do mean amazing, is that everybody here self-identifies as having lived experience. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like walk, I walked in the door and they got me. And, you know, I, I just sort of stumbled on it and it was fortunate they had a position open and, you know, it was just, it was, I couldn't have written it better. <laughs> and so, what does Healthy Minds Cooperative do? Well, we're, well, we, we offer, you know, workshops and programming. Um, we do peer navigation. We also do some work with the, the health authority to to support uh, members on their on their quality teams. So recruiting family members and and persons who who have lived experience with mental illness, an opportunity to sort of give back and and contribute a little bit to how how services are delivered. Mm. And again, the the big thing that we do is really sort of just open our door to people who want to have a chat mm. and you know we try to be as as open and accepting and I, I think for me the reality of this place is that while we do support you know people and 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 family members and friends who are supporting people who have lived experience with mental health and addictions mm-hmm. we actually never ask if you have a diagnosis because it doesn't matter. Our focus is really on you know meeting somebody where they're at, and and providing you know uh, whatever support that they're looking for, and trying to get them to that place that can help them. Mm. What are the, some of the supports that are available in this space? Well, I, I, again, like the workshops and and some of the support groups that we offer. I, I run a men's mental health support group. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a, a group that meets. Every second we call it Peer Connect, so it's just a just an online space to come in and you know sort of check in and chat. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have navigation, which is really something that's difficult to explain because it could be as simple as, you know, I'm looking for a depression support group. To I, I've actually had a person who wanted to live in a van, so it was you know a series of conversations with this person about how to do this in a healthy way. Mm. So it can be really anything and it can be with, you know, family members talking about, you know, supports that would be available to their loved ones, ways that they can 
sort of support the, the, the persons that they're caring for and, and ways to support themselves. Mm. So it's really, everything we do is it's filtered through the lens of self-care mm-hmm. and going slow and working at a pace that suits you. Suits you. Mm. So we're pretty much living in a pandemic now. Uh, thankfully <laughs> here in Nova Scotia, we've done the right things, yeah. kept the numbers down. But uh, in what way did that very first lockdown affect healthy minds? Now, strangely, it, we, we skipped a bit, but recovered really quickly because it meant really just doing things remotely. Mm-hmm. So we all worked from home. Uh, rather than meeting in the office and having workshops in the boardroom, we you know, connected over the phone or through, through Zoom. So it actually... It, it meant us, you know, sort of stepping to the left a little bit to, with the delivery, but it actually didn't, didn't really hinder us at all. Mm. And, and in fact, you know, it allowed us to, to expand what we do. So, you know, be, because of, uh, you know, the nature of connecting via, via the Internet, mm-hmm. you know, we, we can connect with people across the province rather than just, you know, meeting in person and being limited to... To this geographic area and the parking here <laughs> exactly yeah that's 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 our that's our downtown dartmouth and parking is not not they don't really go hand in hand yeah um so mental health is sometimes important to me and to a lot of people and i feel everyone has their own story right um what is the approach that healthy minds take to meet people because you say like meet them where they are? Well, we generally it's it's the sort of starts with what are you looking for? It's not a hey you have this diagnosis, this is what you need to do. So it's really, you know, it can be somebody who's looking to get, you know, reconnect with things in the community, maybe through recreation, leisure pro- programs, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Or it could be somebody who's and and this is sort of a, a, a for me it's a bit of a a scary conversation. Mm-hmm. It's that trying to connect to services. Not that it's scary to connect to services, but there are people who weren't aware that you know mental health and addiction services are part of our healthcare system. So they are, there is no cost to them, and people weren't. Okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> I yeah, didn't know so, that. So I mean, I mean, the reality that you know you can talk to a, a, a mental health clinician at, at no cost to you. Mm. Now, one of the the sort of struggles with that is is that you know there's sometimes wait times, mm-hmm. and and for me that's where one of the other big conversations I have with people. And that's about really how to ask for help. Um, I think, unfortunately, a lot of times we're not really encouraged to look for help. And we don't even know that we need help until we're we're at a really intense level. Mm. And so for me, I know when I wasn't well, I didn't know how to describe it. So for me, it's that conversation of, 
you know, what do you, what's missing in your daily life? What's impacting you? Like, you know, and sort of how long has this been happening? Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, we can get in a situ in, in the situations where we don't explain or we don't know how to explain because it's become our norm. Mm. You know, the fact that, hey, I, I'm not leaving my house except for an appointment or, you know, my sleep is all over the map or I haven't had a shower in a week. Mm. Things that this is just my norm or, or, you know, the reality that I don't hang out with my friends as much as I used to or, or I, avoid, I avoid those, those social interactions. And I think some, a lot of times we go so gradually into this that all of a sudden it's our norm and we don't recognize mm. it. And, and a lot of times I think it's until we actually try to do something different, like go out or, you know, or we're sort of smacked in the face with it, that we really don't know how hard it's hit us. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, I, I know I had a challenge in explaining that because this was just my day and this is just where I was at. And how do you explain feeling numb? And so for me, it's that sort of trying to bring that lens on, you know, what do you feel is missing? Because a lot of times I think, especially in the mental health world, the internet is, is, is a wonderful thing and it will tell you exactly what's wrong with you. And sometimes the challenge is that if you know everything about what's going on with you, there's not a lot of help that people can offer because it's not, you know, here's a pill, take care of it. It's the, if I'm identifying everything and I know, then sometimes that's perceived as not needing as much support. Mm. You know, it's like, if you know, for example, that your roof is leaking and you know, every time it rains, it's going to leak, then, you know, calling in somebody to ask what, to find out what the problem is, is going to be a little, can seem to be a little redundant. Mm. So it's like your roof is leaking. So the thing is, we know the roof is leaking. The question we have to ask is, how do we fix it? Right. And that's the thing sometimes that we're not asking. We're not saying, hey, I'm not hanging out with my friends anymore. And in fact, I haven't seen them in months. We're not saying that. We're just sort of, you know, saying that life isn't good or I need help. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I know I've experienced that, you know, once I started looking at what was missing, mm-hmm. once I actually be, began engaging in that, then all of a sudden things became simpler. Like, I, I know when I was really not in a good place, like, I was, I was literally, you know, I was homeless. I was, I was fortunate in that I was able to host it for a nephew. So I had a roof over my head, but I didn't have my place. I, had, I was, hadn't worked in years. And I had, you know, the... Uh, I, I made that, that calculated or that miscalculated error of trying to live on credit cards. Oh, boy. 
So, so I was in, at that point where, you know, the creditors were calling. I had no money. And, you know, for me, my life was like, you know, I, I can't work and I don't know if I'll ever be able to work. Mm. I'm sort of bumming off my nephew and, you know, I've got these people threatening lawsuits. And everything was so big that, you know, it was just hopeless. But during that time, what really bothered me was the fact that, you know, one day I woke up and I realized, wow, I, I haven't changed my clothes in a week. Mm. So, you know, the, the debt and the job and all that stuff, things I couldn't, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't even think about trying to address. But having a shower and changing, putting on clean clothes was something that I could do. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's that, that, that question of like, what's poking me right now? What's missing right now? And by looking at that, mm-hmm. that that's how I, I think, you know, we can a- address those challenges because we're putting it into real life terms. Yeah. You know, the, I, I could sit there and I couldn't tell you what was wrong with me. I couldn't tell you what I needed. I couldn't describe, like, you know, like that, that classic question of how are you feeling? Well, I was just numb. Mm. I, I didn't feel anything. But it bothered me. This is the thing that bothered me. And it's something that I could have an impact on. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, putting, in, putting things in those terms of, of, of the relevance to you, and then going and, and from talking with clinicians, a lot of times it's that, you know, if we can sit down and, and understand what you want to work on, mm. then we can make a plan together. And I think sometimes like that ask is missing. It's like sitting here and saying, I, I have anxiety. Well, you know, that, what, what does that mean? And how's that impacting you? you know, I have anxiety and I feel a little nervous if I have to go out is one thing, but you know, if I have anxiety and I can't leave the house or you know, the phone rings and I go into another room, putting those, those things in, in, into a perspective that can, can show how, you know, how, you know, how intense the situation is for you. Mm. And, and also it gives a focus on what to work on. Mm. And again, the other big thing for me is that it, and I don't mean to try to simplify things, but if it's simple, and keeping it as simple as possible, mm. it makes it easier for me to, to work with. Mm. You know, and I think, you know, because like, one, one of the things from, from my own experience and from talking with people, we sort of sometimes can experience a bit of a slowdown in our, in our ability to, to process and to, to think and our memory sort of, sort of slides a bit. Mm. And again, you know, when we're faced with that, simple things become so much harder. Yes. And I think, you know, for me, that, that reality of, you know, and I, I like to say to people, like, you know, if, if you were 
stuck in bed with a cast up to here for six months, you're not going to have that cast taken off and then the next day go run a marathon. Mm -hmm. and, and I think, you know, it's the same thing with mental health. It's like, you know, we, we put so much of our energy and, and sometimes it takes so much for us to just get through those days to be so strong that once we start feeling a little better, we have that expectation that we can just jump back into life and, I, and we don't allow ourselves the time to sort of build back up. And so for me, it's that, you know, going slow. And, and again, it's that, you know, sort of what's poking me right now. What are those two or three things that I would like to do or that I feel is missing? Mm. Wow. <clears throat> that is, you know, profound what you said. So, like, when it can be even overwhelming to think of it, right? But when you narrow it down, simplify it to what is the thing you're bothering? What is the yeah. thing you want to focus on? It, it helps. So something you mentioned was that you have a men's um, mental health group that meets. Oh, uh, we do. Yeah. So um, one thing that I guess I'm African and growing up, you just bottle everything in. Um, and like being in a society where it's okay to share things and talk about things. But then I find out that even here, like men still don't speak about yeah. their emotions, their, how they're feeling. You, you know, it's like everything is fine. I'm okay. And okay. So how do you, I guess, directly to men, like make it okay to share things like that? Well, I mean, the, the first big thing is that and this may sound horrible, but it's all men. So it's like, it's, it's, I find I've been in mixed groups and there's just that resistance to, to even talking about problems or, or quite honestly, even like I've talked to guys who said they've been in groups and they're afraid to share because they don't want to trigger somebody else. And so, so for, for us, our group is really, it's very candid and, and uncensored. You know, you, you don't have to, you know, really be, be use polite language sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, you can just talk and however, express yourself how, however you're feeling. Yeah. And, and, and again, I think, you know, there's, there's that moment where, you know, somebody shares something and, and you connect with it. And, you know, you can see it's like, you know, it's, it's you. It's like you're sitting across from me and you're talking about, hey, you used to get so pissed off at the tiniest things and you don't know why. Mm. And, you know, all of a sudden, like, you know, three other people are sitting there saying, yeah. And, and then the conversation, and it, and it opens up. Mm. And there's that that acceptance and that that lack of judgment with it and 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 again i think you know it's 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 really unusual because you know you know it, it generally and, and i and i'm being very general with this of course but you know i've never sat around with with my male friends and talked about how I'm feeling today, you know, or, or, you know, if I'm in a bad mood, 
I, I certainly don't sit down and break it out into my feelings. It's a, you know, it's it's more along the lines of, you know, screw it, I'm going to hit something, or you know, like, and and I think even like you know even the the reality of a lot of the things that like that we talk about. You know, like the, the irritability, the aggressiveness, the anger, that frustration and how it comes out. Mm -hmm. That's almost an acceptable trait in a man. You know, if you if you get angry, you're just a guy. Mm. You know, you may be a bit of a not a nice guy at that moment, but, you know, it's it's more acceptable. Whereas, like, if you were to sit there and cry. It's it's totally, you know. So taboo. Yeah, nobody wants to handle or you see know, that. Yeah, and and I think you know creating a space where you know we can talk and and the reality, like with the men's group, is that the conversation is driven by the group. So it's not let's sit down and talk feel good stuff. It's you know we can sit down and you know talk about. I mean, obviously, COVID has been a been a big thing, mm. but you know we'll we'll talk about. Like we had a great conversation about you know the stupid accidents that people have when they're driving motorcycles oh. and experiences like with that and so it's not just you know sitting down and it's mental health and it's it's just first off it's just a place to to talk mm. and you know and then as people become a little more comfortable it's it's that sharing you know it's the I had a bad day and you know this happened. Mm. And you know, r rather than uh, like you know, we don't go sort of go around and say, "Hey, talk about how crappy your day is," and you have to bear your soul. It's you know, sort of we do a bit of a check in, and you know, like like for example, it could start off with a guy talking about you know, the uh, the the problem he had. Driving in traffic today, like you know, and then that sort of opens the conversation up a little mm. bit. So it's not, you know, like, hey, have you cried lately? It's, you know, it's like we're ju we're just sitting here having a conversation, but there is that space and the freedom to open it up a little bit. Mm. And and it does. And and I think, you know, as as people come back, there's that freedom to talk about. You know, I had this experience, mm -hmm. and and the other the other reality for me is that it is a very candid conversation. So it's not, you know, you don't have to you know couch things in you know in language that isn't going to be feelings. yeah. And and the other thing we we really try to balance you know the, the sharing. But not getting into the war stories of, mm. you know, it's not me sitting here saying, oh, they did this and they did that, and it's, it's the, okay, what what did you experience, and then you know, we also get away from trying to fix people, mm -hmm. so it's not everybody jumping in and saying, well, this is what you should do, it's people, you know, sort of coming out and saying, you know, when I have that happen, this is what I do, mm. so you know, it's. It's avoiding a, a lot of those. Oh, 
and I'm sorry, I'm lost for the word, but a lot of those, you know, those sort of triggers of I'm going to shut down. You know, it's the, oh, you're not listening to me. You're, you're talking about you. You know, it's, or, or you're telling me what to do. It's the, you know, like that, that moment of actually being heard mm. and having, you know, people around the room, you know, yeah. be open about, you know, like, like I can remember we had a conversation and, and a guy, you know, said, you know, like he was getting ready for, he was actually out picking up suits for, for his, uh, his upcoming wedding. Mm-hmm. And he was so in, intensely anxious uh. that, you know, just like going in there and, you know, the, the reality of, of this happening and just feeling like everybody was watching him. And he, you know, it was this intense thing. And he said, you know, I left the store and I went out and I sat in the car and I cried. Mm. And nobody made fun of him. Nobody laughed, and you know, it was just this really, this moment where, you know, guys were supportive and talked about, you know, like, yeah, I've been in that place where I've been so afraid that I was going to screw up that, you know, I, I, got, I felt sick. So like the, you know, me feeling sick and you going and crying isn't a big, isn't a big leap. So, you know, it's, you know, that, that kind of supportive thing and relating those experiences. And, and really, you know, I, I haven't encountered in the group, I haven't encountered a, a situation where somebody was, you know, made to feel that it was, you know, ridiculous or stupid. Mm. You know, there wasn't that, yeah, but you should have done this moment. Because I think, you know, one, one of the things that, that you know, we're, we're not really taught is that people feel. <laughs> and, and it's just people. And we have feelings. And we experience these things. Yeah. And, and I know, like... As as men, you know, we're taught to to suck it up, to shut up, and we're made to feel weak. And you know, even though I mean, I know today, you know, in this day and age, we're supposed to be more. But there's still that face that gets made if mm. if if you start talking about my feelings. Yes, yes, that's very true. And something you know, you, the way you're describing this group, it seems like this super safe space. But something crossed my mind. Uh, most of the members of this group have been there for some time. How do you handle when a new person joins? Because like I'm well, the new. Well, and and actually, we've had a couple of new people come in. Mm. Um, and basically, it's just, you're just part of the group. Oh. So, you know, like everybody's encouraged to participate at whatever level. And, it, and it's really, honestly, you know, they're, they're not treated any differently. Um, you know, we'll do a round of introductions. Mm. And, and it's just... I, again, it's it's sort of hard to explain because, like, when when you're pointing that out, like, there's not a, 
there's not a process yeah. of of you know hey you're the, you're the new person yeah it's it's there and and quite honestly we've had like probably about two or three newer people who came in and they've been the most engaged did anything change with things going online because like uh, there's a difference with having five, ten people in a space versus having ten now, people on a screen. Now, with, with, with COVID and, and this change, we did lose some people. Um, we've had people who weren't comfortable in, in accessing things online. But also, you know, to be quite honest, I, I think the the group itself i mean i i prefer being in person i mean i talk with my hands and and there's there's something about the energy in a room mm. that 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 is that is missing and so it's a bit of a muted conversation mm -hmm. but you know the other reality of of being in person is that you know we had a guy from colorado join so and you know that that fact and and the fact of you know got people who like you know there's one guy who like he works and he's getting home just as the group is starting right. so so there's those benefits mm. but again i mean we did lose lose some people with that and i think you know again the richness of the of the, of the experience the the social aspect of it is is is, is missing mm. you know I, I think you know for me one of the big things that I look for was, especially when I was trying to, you know, sort of make that connection, was having a destination. So like, you know, if I could show up here, it felt a little more real. If I'm sitting in my, my apartment, you know, on, online, there, there, it, the, the experience is a bit muted. Mm. So I, I'm, I'm sort of, Sort of, sort of a, I, I don't know, like, like the groups tonight, and I'm really looking forward to it because mm -hmm. it's, it's always a, a good experience. But it's, and I'm thinking like, you know, like if it was in person, I don't think it would be, oh, and I hate saying this, but I, I don't think we're missing a whole lot mm. because, but also because we've been doing it for so long that way. Yeah. It's, it's that, it's, a, I think, I mean, not to, not to be wavering on this, but it's, it's a real conundrum for me because I think it's more of a coin toss of, is it good, is it bad? Mm. And, and I think, you know, the reality that we're getting together and we're having a conversation and we can have these conversations mm. that, you know, can go anywhere mm -hmm. and feel comfortable and, 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 you know, again, we try to engender a safe space. And I know we throw the word safe around a lot, <laughs> but for me, it's like, you know, you can talk about, and one of the things like the conversations we do have occasionally is about suicide and suicidal ideation. And, and for me, my experience with suicide is that, you know, it, it's, it was my reality of having an illness. Mm. So I, and I've, I've learned, like, you know, working, working with the co-op for about, a, you know, close to a decade, that it's not a horrible thing to talk about. And it's actually a really, really good thing. That I, I think we, we bring so much fear 
in, in to that conversation mm. when I know like my reality was it never like having conversations about it made me want to express my feelings. It didn't make me want to, you know, it take, you know, it didn't bring me those, those, those thoughts. Yeah. 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 And, and for me, you know, in the group, I mean, and it, and it, it does come up and, you know, it's that conversation of, okay, you know, and suddenly you're talking and like, you know, four people are saying that, you know, when they have these experiences. So it's less a, there's something really wrong with me mm-hmm. to the, there's something going on. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to downplay it as, oh, it's just a, you know, and I, and I do do like, you know, and, and encourage if you having those thoughts to, to, you know, to address them very seriously. Yeah. But it's it's also for me it's that reality of, you know, I've talked with people who live with this on an ongoing basis, mm. and it's it's part of an illness. Yeah, well, the work Health Minds is doing is amazing, and then adapting and going online with everything that's happening, and like you said, now expanding to people even you know outside the province, yeah. even outside Canada. Hmm. Leads me to think, or oh, to this question. So, Healthy Minds is doing all this, and like, I guess, it, just in general, your experience doing this work, why do you think, or actually, not why do you think, why is like focusing on men's mental health important for you? You know, six, seven years ago, I wouldn't have an answer. Mm. Um, but for me, it's the reality of, you know, again, we, we were talking about suicide and the, the stats are incredibly skewed towards men. Mm. You know, I think it's like 70, depending upon where you, where you get your figures, it's 70 plus percent percentage of, of person of deaths by suicide are men. Mm. And, and, you know, young men are, you know, it gets even higher. Wow. And, you know, that that reality of the services that are offered, again, generally, you know, most most of the and and again this is a big generalization, most of the people providing services are women. Mm. And Again, for me to sit down with you and and talk about, you know, I'm going to be more comfortable talking about getting pissed off and punching a wall with you than I am with a with a woman, because again, I know I would be afraid of how you're going to judge me. You know, mm. am I am I you know? And I don't know what kind of language we can use here, but am it's I just this? <laughs> am I am I just some kind of asshole? Mm. Versus the you know I'm somebody who's struggling. So I know when I was talking to clinicians, I would never talk about oh. things like that. I would talk about being angry and frustrated. I would never talk about getting pissed off and drilling something against the wall mm. because. Oh, you're going to think I'm just one of those crazy people. Yeah. 
Exactly. And, and, and then the fact of, you know, there's something about, and there's a guy who, who used to come to the group and he was a, a bit of an inspiration. Now, he was like, you know, the muscular, tatted up kind of guy. And he's talking about suicide. Mm. So it's like if this, you know, like this image of like this, this is this is the guy who and, and I, I hate being stereotypical, but it's like, you know, if you were a young 30 ish, this is the guy you want to be like well dressed, well, you know, like does the gym, that kind of lifestyle kind of guy. And it's like he's sitting there and he's talking about these things. Yeah. So, you know, like that image of, you know, what a guy should be is sitting here talking to me mm. about that. And if I can see that, not that I'm that, you know, gym rat kind of guy, <laughs> but like, you know, if I, if I can sit down and I can see you in me, then, you know, I'm going to relate. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just, you know, just that, that that piece for me is is the is the big part, mm. and and again you know also language like you know over the years I've learned to to express myself, mm-hmm. but you know I, I I can sit down with one of my nephews and we can have a conversation and we're, we're not using any of that similar that kind of language, so I think you know there there's there's a little bit of a communication piece as well mm-hmm. and 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 again, like I know again, I feel just a little more comfortable in expressing things mm. you know with, with sitting across from a guy and 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 i'm going to I'm going to qualify that like I don't have a have an issue with. And I, and I, and you know, I've, I've received therapy w- with women and they were phenomenal and, and they helped me and they saved me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I see, you know, the reality that, you know, men don't want to talk, men aren't comfortable talking mm-hmm. and, you know, we can go into the, the thousands of reasons, but, you know, a couple of guys sitting down talking with, with an intent to, to be open about these things, mm-hmm. not trying to force it. Like I know, <clears throat> like there's there's you know, a, a lot of uh, a lot of therapy surrounding men involves, you know, sort of group work outdoors and things like that, and it and and it, there seems to be this you know this this school of thought that, you know. To sit down and have that conversation isn't the best way, but to come across it as sort of an oblique kind of like, you know, we're, we're going to go out and we're going to, you know, have a bonfire. So like we're, you know, gathering wood and doing that. So it's like while we're in that process of doing that, we're talking, mm. you know, that, that sort of thing. Or, you know, so it's, it's not the, it, it's more about, creating that space that, and again, I use the term oblique or, you know, sort of coming at it sideways Mm -hmm. because if I were to sit down with, with most men, 
and again, you know, this is a big generalization. If I sat down and said, so, so how did you feel? And, you know, what were you feeling when you were crying? And unless we've had that conversation a few times before, mm. you're not, you're not going to say anything. You just zip up straight, yeah. You know, or, or you're going to, you know, just come off with some, some comment to, to, to brush me off. Mm. And, and that's the thing. I think, you know, it has been understated, you know, the, that, that need for that, for that space and, and, and that level of, of understanding. And I think, you know, you know, we're starting off with, we don't really t talk about mental illness. We don't have real conversations. I mean, we, we, there's a lot more conversation going on. Yeah. But I still, like, you know, there's still that undercurrent of it's you don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. Or if you do talk about it, like you're, you're sort of one of those, you're out there on that fringe. <clears throat> and, and for me, you know, it's like, like in the group, like, you know, like if you're hearing... Like it was, it was interesting. We had a guy who was like, he's in his eighties mm. and he talked, he was talking about, you know, this is the first time I, I really felt this low, you know, like I've had that, but I've never, and you know, like, I mean, if you can sit there and, and you know, this guy who like, you know, in the past you've like, cause he was a pretty regular you know, talking about, you know, that you have that relationship with who's suddenly talking about this. Mm. It's like, I don't know. It, for me, there, there, there's a bit of a different connection with that. And, and I, I'm, I know I'm struggling a little bit to describe that. But, you know, it's like there's more than just sitting down. And I think, I think there's sort of layers that we have to break through. Yeah, yeah. And... And, and again, that fear of, you know, I'm going to make fun of you. I'm not going to respect you. You're going to be weak. Mm. You know, and, and, you know, I think we still have that belief that men should be a little more aloof from all of this and above this. And, and you know, and, and it's surprising. You know, I, I think that, you know, we're still belittle for it like mm. you know expressing your feeling and you know and and we we you know in this day and age it's still very much a thing hmm. so i want to um you know <clears throat> it's it's great being in this space and i'm learning so much and as am i myself but um i want to end with this question though you do all this and you've done it for these years but like even though it's in a safe space and it's a group where it's all men, um, there's got to be times where it's heavy. What are things you do for your own self? Now, for me, self-care is a huge thing. Um, the reality for me is that I, I'm just here to be a sounding board. Mm. I, I don't take ownership of, of what you're going through. I can empathize. And I realize, you know, that when I wasn't well, 
and I, I always come back to that as my, my reference point, there wasn't a whole lot that people could do for me right. than just sort of being there. And I, I know for me, I, I'm not trying to fix you. I'm not trying to save you. I don't have the answer for you. Like I'm not on a mission. I'm here to share some space, share a little bit of my experience, maybe learn from you too. But to sort of just normalize, normalize that and, and not take ownership. Mm. And, and not to be you know, disingenuous with your experience. You know, like, mm. while also not trying to take it on. Because I've, I've seen people in the, in the mental health community who, you know, they, you have a problem and it becomes their problem. And that for me is, first off, the, the biggest way for me to fail. And, and to crash and to get sick. And I, I, I always sort of judge it, by, judge it from the reality of, you know, what's, what's the piece that I'm bringing today? This is, this is my, my piece. Mm. If I do that, I, I've seen the benefit that that can have. And, and for me, it's also that other part of I would like to be doing this five years from now. Oh. I, you know, I, I can burn out now, or I can do this, and and for me, it's it's it's, it's setting that expectation mm. of you know this is my piece, but then it's also you know the reality of you know you you talked about self care and and for me, it's the I I've learned to sort of connect with what I'm feeling, mm -hmm. not, not the why, and allowing myself to sort of experience what I'm feeling and, and processing that. Because mm. if I, I, I I've, learned, I've learned that like a lot of my challenges were a product of keeping that story going. Mm -hmm. and, and knowing that, I'm never going to have an answer. That sometimes it's about accepting that, okay, this is, this is bad. And, you know, especially, you know, if we're dealing with trying to support somebody, it's that, mm. you know, I'm watching you suffer yeah. and struggle and hurt. And I'm feeling that. And then sometimes I also know, hey, you know, there are things that you can do, but you're not able to do it because of, of where you're at right now. So you get into that, that loop of, I'm just watching you and then, you know, the frustration and the pain and everything. And for me, it's that, you know, I know you're safe. And for me, that's sort of that basic piece of, because mm. I mean, I know I spent years struggling and I know it's not overnight and I know nobody's going to like parachute in and save the world. Yeah. So for me, it's that, you know, if I, I know that 
you're and you're, that you're safe. And by safe, I mean you know you're not going to you know take any steps to that are going to be you know severely detrimental. You're not going to take your own life. Those sorts of things. And if I know that you know you you're not placing yourself in at, at, in that kind of risk, mm-hmm. then. You know, everything else is one day at a time and being there, holding that space and 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 offering that. And 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 again for me that's that's where the self care piece comes in because if I'm diving into your to your world mm-hmm. and trying to save you, you know my experience has been and, and and the things that I've seen is that, you know, if it's the hey, you're you're drowning, I I can pull you out, but I can't fix all of the reasons why you you went in in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And we get I think we get caught up in that. And and again it's you know, I, I think one of the problems is that we care and we want us we want to help and we want to end the suffering mm. and it's that it's that piece of if i had a magic wand i would yeah but knowing that the best thing sometimes that we can do for that person is to just take care of ourselves mm. like like I know when I'm talking with with family members it's that or you know people or carers or supporters it's it's that you know it's being in a place to be able to support them when they're able to take that help mm. and it's a marathon it's not a sprint wow Brad, um, this has been an amazing time. Thank you so much for all coming into your office. And uh, the work that Healthy Minds is doing is important. I'm going to make sure I have all the details yeah. like for people to get in touch with Healthy Minds <clears throat> if they need the help. But I just want to say thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast today. Uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And I appreciate the work you're doing.